and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. Welcome to Coda Talks Podcast, uh, another podcast, and this time it's going to be me uh, for the first time on Killer Thoughts Podcast history. Uh, it seems like everybody else was busy and I was the only one that was available to do the podcast, but nonetheless, it's going to be a good fucking podcast, and today we have another fucking guest. Uh, this is the first time we have a, a guest uh, like like him, uh, especially because it's going to be a very instructive type of day where uh, we're going to let you guys know the do's and don'ts for this type of industry that this gentleman works at and also we're gonna get to know this guy on the personal level and uh for those of you who might be hearing the podcast because he's on it uh you guys are gonna get to know him a little better if you guys don't know him yet so uh man uh welcome to the podcast introduce yourself to the people let them know who you are and uh, you know what you do uh oh well, my name's ken uh i'm bartending in like downtown san jose area uh, it's been doing it for about like almost ten years now. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, like the I got the start was kind of weird because I was I went to SJSU for engineering. Okay. And then like maybe two third into my engineering course, I'm pretty much finished. Like I finished early because like my high school was like a prepping school for engineering. Mm. So. It took me like two and a half years to finish the whole engineering programs, and then uh, my counselor was like, well, you can either take your bullshit elective for the next yeah, two yeah. and a half years, or you can just pick up another major, so I, I double major by the oh, time shit. I graduated. Nice. Yeah, it took me five and a half years, did civil engineering finance, and then throughout that whole time, I was bartending, and then it was... It used to just be like, oh, let's, you know. How did you get the job, though? Like, when you, did you start going around? Is it because of somebody yeah. to somebody else? or Like, I was doing retail, just like, you know, like any other kid, like, that, you know, growing up, just needed, yeah, like, a, like a job. Yeah, like, first job was retail, like, right? Yeah, like, no, actually, my first job was at Baskin Robbins, believe it or not. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was there for a little bit, and then I was just like, yeah, this is not working out. <laughs> how, how much was the payback then? Like, how much? Oh, uh, dude, payback? like, it was in uh, in the East Bay in Concord, so the pay was like eight dollars an hour. Shit, and this bad. was uh, two thousand nine ish, yeah. two thousand ten. Yeah, it makes sense. It fucking makes sense. I was, that yeah. was when, when you thought, oh shit, nine dollars was pretty fucking good, you know? Back yeah, then, and then the uh, it was funny because I was doing the whole Baskin Robin bullshit, and then. Yeah. Uh, a family friends own a construction firm so he was just like he, and he, he owned like a few houses down from my house mm-hmm. so he was working on that one and then uh, he was like hey like can you help me like just you know paint a room maybe like do some like tiling do some flooring some facility stuff yeah and then I was just like yeah I'm not doing anything and he was paying me like 15 an hour oh, I was just like oh sh- shit like, back people, then it was like yeah and that was fucking... double my like my pay yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like per hour so I'm just like, oh, well, I'll just keep doing it. As I, like, actually enjoy doing it. Right. And then, uh, like I said, like, my high school was, like, a prep school for engineering. So that was just, like, perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I learned how to, like, work with my hand. Like, learn how to work on houses. Right. And then when it's time come to pick college, I was like, all right, well, civil engineering seems pretty cool. 
I mean, not yeah. everybody chooses that major, though. I mean, if you think about it, some people might even choose something else. But because you know, uh, you might you want to have the patience for it too. Yeah, it's it was definitely something new. Well, like not new for me, but well, here's how I picked it. I originally really wanted to do uh, an architecture program, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe like a building design or like structural design. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, like when you're applying for college, like people who are, like supervising you, like they they don't really know a whole lot. Not well back then, I thought they knew everything. Yeah. But now, like looking look back at it, you know, I graduated maybe like five years now. So ten years ago, I was just like, damn, like. If these people has like no answer for me, then like who the fuck am I gonna who, go to? Who the fuck would? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. So I was just like looking through uh, the college's website, and then uh, when you apply, it asks for like your major and what you want to study in. Yeah. And uh, I applied to uh, LSU, uh, Berkeley, which my stepdad went. Um, my mom went to Columbia. Uh, I applied to all of this like big school and then you you need to do like five I think and then uh, San Jose was the last one and then uh, I didn't really want to go so to San Jose it, yeah I was gonna ask was it your last choice like maybe the, well my first choice was a uh, Cal Poly slow San Luis Obispo okay but then uh, away, like, super right. impacted uh, they put me on a wait list and I'm just like well I don't have the time to be Is on the way. Your major was impacted. That yeah, you, you couldn't. You couldn't get in there. Cause that was like a probably like one of the top engineering school in, mm-hmm. okay, in the West Coast, not including like private colleges. Uh, so they put him on a wait list, both Slow and Pomona, mm-hmm. and then uh, SJSU sent me the letter, and I was just like, I mean, they've known for the engineering program, so I'm just like, okay, I'll I'll just go here. Yeah. And then uh, when I was picking the major, I couldn't find architecture anywhere, right? And then I, I was, like, looking through their engineering department. I was looking through everything, and there was nothing. And then uh, <laughs> the thing about engineering colleges at San Jose State is that every semester before you enroll for your next semester, mm. you have to go see your counselor. They have to sign it off, otherwise, like they'll put a hole on your account. So there has to be uh, uh, like a so, like that step that needs to be done for you yeah. to even like you try you to actually need to go talk to a counselor, like talk to someone, and uh, they will either approve your plan or they would suggest like certain classes to take. So they'll pretty much restructure your whole like, yeah. This is from A to point B all the way to what you need to do. Pretty much. That point. Okay. Yeah, like er- every semester, like they they have this like structure like lined up for you, and then like they ask you how many hours do you work. You know, they look at your grade and like maybe yeah. like they'll be like, oh, like you so work too much, you, you work too, yeah. you work too much, you study like too little or whatever. And like my grade was alright. Like I'm, I was like a three two, three five. How old were you in high school? Were you like, uh, I was, I was a pretty good in high school. Uh, well, I got, I graduated in high school with like a four point three. I hate you so much. <laughs> I, gra- I graduated one of high those. school with like four point three, but Can't then like, you, yeah. I was playing two sport. I was playing uh, football and tennis. So I'm playing outside linebacker, and then I play uh, single tennis. Bro, we're totally opposites. I did not give a fuck about clubs in high school. I, <laughs> I would rather went home. I was like, fuck this. Like, 
the bell rang. I don't want to stay after school for the activities. But, it, you know, to a Tuji zone. Tuji. Yeah. It was different because I moved here from Thailand, right? And then uh, everything that they're teaching here was just so much easier than uh, what it was in Thailand. Yeah. So like, did, did like, you, did you, from Thailand, how old were you when you came here? I was 15. It was 2009. So, were you already, like, how was your English from that? Like, well, I went to a, like, international school almost. Okay. So, I went so. to a military boarding school. Shit. So like I like live on campus, and then you know I get to go home like every other weekend. That's a really fucking unique experience too, because now yeah. I can say that. So it's pretty chill. It's like a extended sleepover. You okay. know, like you and your best bud just like there like all the time. Chilling. You just like see each other all the time. Like you go through classes together, go through this like like camp together. Right. It was fun, but to finish it off is that uh. You know, I was looking for this fucking major, right? And I couldn't find it ever. And then the day of my graduation, after doubling two majors, I went to my graduating counselor. And she was like, we have that program. It's under industrial design. And I'm just like, so I spent five and a half years here and no one ever so this bitch fucking say anything. Didn't dare to look very well. Like, I changed three counselors. Like, because the first one was a total dick, and then, like, the second one was, he was about to retire, so, like, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, when you have tenure, then those fuckers don't give a damn at that point. Yeah, dude, and then, like, the the third one I have, like, she actually, like, she's, like, pretty young, you know, she's, like, late 30s, mm-hmm. and, uh, she's, like, you can, you can tell that she really wanted to help, but I got to her, like, way too late, you know what I mean, like... It was five, it was four and a half years in. She was my last counselor for my very last year, mm-hmm. and then she was just like, "Well, you know, like we never talked about this, but uh, you know, five years later, I'm about to graduate. Like, I'm walking in like a week." Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, the major you were looking for under industrial design," what? and I'm just like, after five and a half years, yeah, no what the fuck? No are one said anything. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is fucking gnarly. Like, this is stupid. But, anyway, it is. I'll, I'll be, I mean, at that point, I'll be fucking pissed. Like, just. But the, the fact, like, it's like, you're right. When you have tenure, especially those people, they don't get. They, they have, like, yeah. they have their system. They're like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. This is all the options I'm gonna give them. But you don't realize, even I didn't realize that when I left, you know, school, because I don't go to school anymore, but. It will always be changing. Sometimes they'll create shortcut classes for certain fucking degrees or like your points or whatever. It will be always like different and every time. But this is when they figure it out. When you know it's a good counselor, it's like, oh, I got like two or three options for you, and this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. For me, I got lucky enough that I got like a really young person, and you can tell like they're eager to do a good job. So they're like, we don't want to. In other words, like I don't want you to fuck up. Yeah. So, and you know, it was one of the good ones because she will like email me hey how's everything going I think she had I think she had like a calendar yeah she have everybody's like email or like phone number and she would just like text you like hey how's your classes going how's everything going yeah so for me it was like okay it's kind of like good because not everybody can get that because you know people don't tell you like after high school you're like you're on your fucking own like, you're on your own if you don't go to school it's up to you bro I mean you're paying for it so if you don't go yeah. to class 
who's 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 missing another professor that was still getting his check yeah you know but you're not getting your full education while you're getting paid for you know it so. was uh, I mean I guess but I would like enroll to like all of my classes and I would go to my first day because you have to yeah that's like one of the most important day because yeah. if you don't show up to your first day you get dropped yeah so I would show up but then I would kind of like feel out the class I'm just like alright like if the professor like uploaded everything we, we were using Canvas which is like mm, an online yeah. learning hub so like some professor would upload their entire curriculum like for the entire semester on Canvas so I would show up and I'm just like alright like everything's on Canvas like I don't have to be mm. here you know and I would figure it out so if, figure your fucking own if, system right yeah like, I, I would figure it out if I need to go to <laughs> class or not and like there's like some professor just like lazy well you just show up to just to the exams or like yeah yeah I, I showed up well like uh, certain classes you can take the exam online but certain one you have to be there in the classroom right. to take the exam online so like it, it was weird it just really depended on the professor but dude like some some professor just like write out like lazy like they would teach you like off of like a textbook right like they'll be like yeah I mean that was our fucking guideline just to yeah uh, you would just be like today would be chapter 1 through 5 and then you just he just kept lecturing off of your textbook yeah. so like if you're like a an avid reader that you can you know read a textbook you could you don't really need to go to class because everything's like in there for you uh I like the type of, uh, of professor that just upload everything on canvas so that I can so like I can I can I can go through the whole class on my own yeah. right like I I'm a pretty like, I'm like a I'm more of like a self learner kind of thing. Okay. Where like I, I'm fine with like teaching myself, and then uh, I always have to like double check my work and, and whatnot. But then uh, I would be it would be like self taught like for the whole class, and then uh, if I really get stuck on something, like all right, I'll go to the next lecture. Yeah, you actually show You know, like yeah, and then that. like I, I'll just kind of like go through the whole course like at my own time. Like sometimes I go a little faster, sometimes I go a little slower. Uh, it just depend on like what I was doing at the time. For that, like, it must have been fucking hands-on all the time, just fucking studying all that shit. Yeah, for engineering, most part, like, I would say two-thirds of my entire program was lab. Shit. Yeah, like, they were just all labs. Like, you actually have to be there, but I would try to figure it out if I can skip the seminar section. Just because I don't... You'll find... I feel like you'll fucking find ways to, like, yeah, you know, like how can you, I make it easy for myself? Yeah, and because, that, like, it... Kill myself. It, I I usually take about five classes, right? And they recommended you take three to four. I think sixteen unit was the most you should be taking. Is it like twelve? Is it like full, right? Uh, no, I think, I think six, sixteen was a full time, and then I was doing like twenty. Oh, you know, I was I always added like one extra class because. Uh, I, I wasn't working. Like, oh, okay. My, my first year, like... I was gonna ask you, like, did you start working as soon as you started college? So. No, my first year, like, I, I didn't work at all. And then, uh, I just, like, kept adding on these classes. And, and, and eventually, like, it it just autopilot. You know what I mean? Like, my first class started at 7.30. And, it's, and my last class oh, ended at 2.45. And, like, every Thursday, there's a lab from uh, 8 to 10.45, like, at night. And then, like majority of the classes are labs like once you get 
far enough in engineering program like there's mm-hmm. no more seminar like you'll be like maybe 30 minutes of seminar and then the rest of your day it just didn't laugh just laugh. like yeah like we were doing like a seismic test which is like uh you have to like design a a structure of a building and then you hooked it onto something that's simulating an earthquake and then uh, it just go up like by in scales just to see like if your structures is gonna withstand this earthquake or not yeah, you have to like study a bunch of like California building codes and um, oh, yeah, you know all like that. all that. California is always evolving nowadays too with older older shit. Yeah, I think like we have like the most evolved uh, building codes in the country. Fucking earthquakes. Yeah, that's why earthquakes are no joke because they're so unpredictable. Like you can you can kind of like forecast it. Like you you can predict your you can almost there. predict an earthquake, yeah. but it's it's like your high school crush, you know what I mean? Like, it could be there or it could <laughs> not, not show up. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you expect it to be there, Shit. and then it's, it's not. That's the first time I hear that kind of analogy. <laughs> no, the first time I fucking felt like a bad one was back in 08. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one. There was, like, a big one that happened in 08. And we had, like, a fucking... It was, it was middle school. It was, like... It was a fucking... It was a big meeting, like, a school meeting or whatever. And the fucking gym just started shaking. Yeah. And that was the first time me feeling like an actual earthquake feeling being here in California. Mm. Uh, I shit my fucking pants, bro. I got hell scared. No, dude, like, in, uh, growing up in Thailand, we, we didn't really have any, uh, like, natural disaster, really. Like, we had that one big tsunami mm. in, like, 05 or 06. But How was that? That was, like, a one-off. You know, because, like, yeah. we never had it. And then uh, some shit happens on like on the Gulf that hit like like I think Indonesia get, got hit the hardest, mm-hmm. and then uh, we we caught like the tail end of it, and it was still like, devastating, but that was the only time that we see like oh shit like fucking natural disaster. You say you, you know you came when you were fifteen, right? Yeah. So how do you feel like leaving your friends over there? It was rough, over, like. like they like adapting wise because the I, I grew up with them, right? Like, like yeah. I said, like we went to boarding school, so it's like, you know, like they eventually turn into your family because you yeah. see them. You, honestly, all the people time. don't realize that, but you see, even like you see your coworkers even more than you see your family because you guys work yeah. together a lot. So sometimes, dude, like I spend six days at work, five six days at work. Yeah, and you probably know, you know, them a little or see them more than you see your family so yeah so dude it got so bad at some point uh i would see my mom like maybe two to three times a year shit and then like i remember when i was in school i would see her for thanksgiving because we have that four days off Mm -hmm. uh christmas because that was after a semester ended and then maybe like one more time here and there, but it was always around the holiday. But you think that kind of made you more independent, like being away from you know? Well, I I grew up uh, pretty independently. Uh, mm. Like living in Bangkok was, was kind of crazy. Like at the time, uh, let's see. Like I was a teenager in Thailand in two thousand. I would say like seven, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. and that was like it. The way I, I, how I saw it, or like how I felt it growing up, was like a lawless country. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were like 
14, 15. Some, some ex girls or some shit. Like, some. in the fucking club, just like yeah. drinking. You get away like, with shit. Yeah, like, and then, uh, especially if you have money, you can get away with oh, yeah. anything, really. Like, you can fucking get away with money if you shit. want like, to. They'll, 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 especially if it's a business, they'll let you consume. Because you're, yeah. you're spending money there. Yeah, like, they just don't care. Like, and then, uh, and if you're like a younger crowd and they, they clearly know that you're not at least 18 it's not stupid they'll be like they'll tax on like another I don't know like 100 bucks onto your tab fuck? and just be like you guys can sit all the way in the back where like no one will see you hide your ass so yeah but then you. you know like at the time it was like oh shit alright like I'll pay 100 bucks extra shit did any funny you know, like, any funny shit happen while you know you were there any any experience uh well i went out <laughs> i went out uh, this one night and then uh, there was like a shooting like down the street shit. and then uh, gun law in thailand pretty fucking strict like you're not you're not allowed yeah like not at all but then like me growing up like going to military school it was like i'm like accustomed to it you know what i mean like, yeah but then uh yeah like we were just partying and this is like money is like 14 a bunch of 14 years old a bunch of 15 years old just like in the club shouldn't even have they like, shouldn't even be shouldn't there shouldn't even be there at all <laughs> you know like, like but then fucking your houses <laughs> or fucking doing something else but not at the club drinking yeah you know what I mean <laughs> holy shit dude that's crazy it's like like the depiction of private school kid that you see in uh in TV yeah, it's like you you take it out to the real world. Yeah, like so we, like it, we actually like yeah. lived it. You know what I mean? Why, it's like dude, that's fucking crazy. It's like just a bunch of fucking 14, 15 years old kids just fucking out in the club, drinking, partying, and then the next thing you know, there was a shooting like right down the street. It's like oh shit, and then uh, long story short, like we left, and then uh, we got home alright, and then obviously, and then uh, we went back like a few weeks ago. And then uh, it was like whatever. And then three hour after we left, the 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 bar I guess like caught on fire, and like the whole place just the whole building like collapsed like a few hour after How we left. How the fuck did that even? I don't shit, know. Dude, that, I'm just like, oh shit! Like we could have died. Like we were you, just there. You could have fucking. You wouldn't be here right now, sitting in your ass talking yeah. to me right now, dude. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. But it's science, man. Yeah, I think, like... We did a lot of, like, dumb, like, thing that, you know, like, we, th- we thought it was so cool. Did like, your parents ever caught you doing shit like that? I no. Mean, nah. You got fucking lucky. Yeah. Well, like, I grew up with my dad and my stepmom in Thailand. Where, like, uh, my stepmom was a teacher and my dad, like, owned, like, a bunch of businesses. So he he was, like, rarely home. Like, uh, he would always... He's constantly flying... Like, right. in and out of the country, like, and then, like I said, I, I get to go home, like, every other right. weekend, so, hold on, I don't, sorry, my Google's fucking being dumb, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> but I don't get to see them anyways, yeah, and, uh, you know, like, we had maids and shit, like, growing up, like, I will see them more than Is I that, see like, my part parents. of the culture we're fucking having? Uh, yes and no, like, we kind of grew up, uh... I grew up pretty comfortable. Because my homeboy you know? was fucking... The first time I was introduced to that, because for me it was bizarre shit. Uh, just to make a little story short. I was in high school, and my, my, my boy is a Filipino dude. So, like, I went to his house, and the first thing I show up to, I, I, 
thinking this lady's his aunt or something. Yeah. And like, I put my, my backpack down. He goes, I'll give it to her. She'll put it away. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, she'll put it away. She just grabbed it and like, she, like, my jacket had like a stain from mm-hmm. fucking eating nachos. <laughs> she fucking grabbed my jacket. I was like, trying to put it on. What the fuck is my jacket? And he's like, oh, the maid is washing it. I told her to wash it because he had a stain. I'm like, wait, what? You have a maid? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, how the fuck do you have a maid? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty common for us to have one. Like, even down there. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah. It's, like, it's common. Like, but did your mate live with you guys? Uh, they have their own like quarters. Okay. Like they have, like part of the house is like that's where they live. It's where they live. Yeah, like, like I grew up like pretty comfortably. You know, like my my parents made like a life for themselves and then yeah. made a life for us. To where like my parents really struggled like growing up and then they like eventually like made a life for themselves I feel like that makes sense it's like yeah and then they were just like alright like and I kind of just I was just kind of like born into it uh I had a pretty comfortable childhood like my dad always taught me to like work for what you want but for the most part like I get what I wanted but then uh he always like had me do something for it there's like an incentive for it like you can get this but you need to do something first like I like, you know, like, as a, as a kid, you know, like, back then, like, I I knew I was going to get it. But then uh, how I, like, achieved it was was intriguing, like, to me. Because, like, it could be, it could just be, like, hey, like, uh, you know, like, I, let's say, like, I want to play tennis, right? I need a tennis racket. Yeah. And, you know, he could have just easily... Just go and buy one for you. Like, he can just tell someone to go buy it, you know, like... He had so many people working for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he himself doesn't have to do it. But then he'll be like, oh, like, come into the office at 5 a.m. And then, like, clean everything. You know, and then uh, at at some point he owned, like, a publishing company that had maybe, like, 40 or 50 editor, you know, like, does. He employed, like, over 100 people. Mm-hmm. So, like, he'll be like, show up to the office... You know, and then I get like I said, I get to go home every other weekend. The weekend I I went home and I asked for something. He'd be like, show up to the office at five a.m. and then clean clean everything. Like I, you know, like stock the printer. But nobody to try to help you. None of the employees try to like. No, because hey. they this is like Sunday. Oh shit! Like no one's in the office. So he made he make sure that nobody was there to help you. Yeah, he just like well like show up on a Sunday where no one's there. You know like. Yeah. Stock the printer like at a time we still because I think they said it would be like if you would have been like a regular day people would be just to help you like oh let me help you out yeah uh, it's like no like you show up the day that no one's there and you're gonna do all this tedious ass work you know like put all the reference books away like stock all the printers you realize that you 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 save them money by not having somebody clean that day you technically pay for your own thing yeah that's. And genius. then like it's fucking genius what he did, you know. Like, <laughs> you know like, that's fucking genius, man. Yeah, and then like you know, it could be like, oh, like I I want to go to I don't know, like I got goes one summer where we spend uh, summer in Paris, and then uh, he was like, you know, you can't just show up and go. Like I think like 
and like we have maids, like we have like Garner, we had like right. Driver and all this thing, and then like he called all of them off, and he was like, the day that you were here, you're gonna work your ass off around the house, like you're gonna fucking cut grass, you're gonna wash all the cars. You know, like you're gonna do something to earn yourself. So that was his way for you to value like everything that you were getting. Yeah, because he knows that like whatever I want, like he can provide it for me. But he's not just gonna give it to me, you know, because the dad doesn't teach you anything. Like it's it's like a like when you when you give someone something enough time, they stop learning. Like how to make it on their own. Yeah. But if you leave something into something, like what you instill into another person, will stick with them for forever. Yeah, obviously. I mean, right. it's very like very straightforward. And at the end, like you're you're right. He's a person who pretty much had not the privileges that he had at the moment that you had when you were growing up. Yeah. So for him, it's like if if I can if he can if he couldn't fully you know prevent obviously you were still gonna like enjoy what was going on right like growing up yeah. and all that, all the necessities that you had like it was easier to for you to reach but for him I think that was kind of way of like hey at least this way you know that not everything is handed to you and you actually gotta work a little bit for it yeah Which, and then like dude like my parents would fly a first class and they stick my ass in the back of the plane what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and then it's like It's like, we don't know him, he's with us, but he sits over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, uh, we we don't even board together. Like, like my parents would just like show up at the airport, and it was yeah. just me, my half-sister, and then like some of my friends. And then like, they will be like on their own, like in like airport lounge and have private access to the seat. Mm. And the rest of us would just like, in the terminal with hundreds of other people just Sitting waiting next to a freaking Karen <laughs> yeah just like crying baby like yeah. sick people you know like fucking. we just fucking crammed in there and then they were there like in like first class lounge fucking drinking and eating whatever a nice fucking time and then like you like you don't even see them go on a plane because some of the airport lounges has private access yeah if you have like a membership I think you get your own there's like their own lounge yeah like they're everything else they got driver to drive them to their to the plane you know like you don't see them get on the plane you don't even see them get out of the plane you don't even get to see where they sit like sometime I boarded a plane not even knowing if my parents are in there it's like if I got on the wrong plane then I won't shit out of luck Cause like you know, like they would just like as soon as we get to the airport, they have their own check-in line. Like I got to check in with the rest of of the people. You know what the fucking line, boy? They have their own gate. Like we don't even like we had drivers, so like they would drop they had dropped us off where our check-in is. So you had, my- and then they will drive them further forward. So they might have like a fucking chef cooking for them, and you have like microwave food. Just like yeah, pretty much. Fuck. They were just like, dude, like you did not earn any of these privilege. You know, like you have not worked a day in your life, like a real job. Yeah, where you actually have to take ri- take risks, and then like, yeah, you know, like you put yourself out there, like critically think about your fucking decisions. And, yeah, and he was just like, dude, like all you do is just clean up some shit. You know, like the shit that you're supposed to do anyway. Is that hardly any work? Yeah, but it's better than just being handed things. But dude, like when we were travel, like I I used to get so like jealous of my parents because like 
they actually have a bed on a plane, and I'm over here like get the fuck out. Yeah, dude, like oh, uh, that seat like recline, and then like if uh, if you book two seat like back like right next to each other, they both recline, and they have like a custom mattress that fit into a shape that the yeah, contour like, like around the seat, you know, like so so like if you book two seat together, that's like a full size bed, and like. They have like turn down service where like they will just come on and then they'll have you like get up and then they'll just turn your seat into a bed and then like you know they put like comfort on they give you pillows give you all this shit you know, there saying, and then the fuck me in the back of the plane it's like tight ass seat you sitting next to like a yeah sitting to like a crying baby or like someone fucking some stranger sleeping and drooling on a fucking seat or yeah. whatever and oh there's like fucking miserable it's just like a it's like people always glorify uh, air travel, mm-hmm. but if you haven't experienced air travel, it's the exact same thing as a bus. Oh just, yeah, it is. Just not on the. It, all, it also depends on the fucking airline. Like yeah. if you know what airline. Oh shit, I'm gonna be getting some shitty ass people in that airline. Yeah, dude, and then like, yeah. and then like my parents just like, oh, like how was your flight? And I was like, it's fucking it was terrible. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. You know, like, that's dude, fucking crazy. I see. Yeah. This is the thing, like. Obviously, we work together at the bar, right? But I would have not known that you had that kind of fucking childhood. Like, at all. My childhood was pretty fun. Because I would think, like, oh, this, this fool grew up all here in the Bay. You know, like, you. Because yeah. obviously, you can't just judge somebody by, you know, by how they, you know, the first time you see them, right? Yeah. So, but that's crazy. I fucking. So, you do. Yeah, that's a very unique fucking childhood that you had. Yeah, and then, like, eventually get to experience first class, like, by myself, like, on my own. Like, finally, like... Finally. I, I like, uh, did the right thing at the right time, you know? Like, I I made some smart stock picks. Uh-huh. And it was, like, when I was 18. And then, like, went back to Thailand for the first time in, How like, was that, 10 going years. back? Going back it was so weird. everything. Yeah, everything was different. You know, like the the city that I like grew up in that I thought I knew this was like completely different. I'm New just people. Like, oh shit! Like, like this wasn't here. You know, like this buildings weren't here. Yeah. And then like they like section off the city in a certain way. And it was, like, what about friends wise? Like, did you? Oh, yeah, caught I, up like, with friends. I caught up with them. Like, it was great. I it took me ten years to go back for the first time. We were like, oh shit, you doing good? Or like, oh shit, what happened to you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Was it that kind of shit too? Like. Yeah, I moved. I left when I was fifteen, and I the first time I went back was like twenty three, twenty four, so almost ten years. I just kind of like left home, cares. and then uh, I'm just like, all right, like hit it big in fucking Wall Street. I'm just gonna buy a first class ticket just to see what it's like. You right. know, like my parents always fucking raving about it. It was great. It was like the greatest flying experience. It's fucking great, dude. And then obviously uh, you get to see the difference. Like, oh shit, because my my culture shock was when I left Mexico when I was a kid. I was like ten years old. Same thing. I I I, I had a pretty good life over there. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna complain about it. I got a pretty really yeah. good life because of my parents. So I didn't really I had the same kind of like a stereotypical struggle like everybody does when they come to this country. Right? You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, it was it was just it was just a whole cold culture shock. Yeah, and for me, the the thing that that surprised for me for you is like I didn't know the language, so I had to fucking learn. So that was a fucking struggle, like definitely a struggle because 
you you feel like you feel isolated in a way because like yeah. sure you can't you can't talk to nobody you, you can't talk like, to nobody no one understanding you like and not to be an addict I knew right away that I, I needed to adapt quick because if, if I kept you know just you know because you can get comfortable by the people you're with like yeah. they speak your language you'll be comfortable you'll be hanging out only with them and then that creates you know for you to just hold yourself in a bubble and uh, that shit just you know still helping you you think oh I'm, I'm sheltered I'm good because I have people that speak to but you're not really helping yourself you're actually making it worse for you um, yeah because in the long run it will take you longer to adapt so for me like my English was shit I had the thickest fucking accent that you can think of but I didn't give a fuck I still talked I still tried to you know say the words correctly and people were like oh that's not how you say it I'll like, oh, teach you how to do it like, yeah I'll teach you how to say it it took me a year, a year and a half with thickest accent, and then after that, it was easy. I felt comfortable talking to people, and then that's how I started getting like, you know, more fucking into like getting a good job, so different type of jobs. Yeah. I mean, I did everything. Shit, like doing clean fucking CNC machines for like the the coolant. The show was like disgusting. Yeah. <clears throat> but it paid for school, and it you know it was like those things are like, you know, they were like, oh, you should stay working. I'm like. No, I'm going to school. Like, I can't. So, I will do works on the summer. I'll work during the summer. Like, yeah. the whole summer will be strictly for working. So, I'll try to make as much money as I could. And yeah. I won't even try to do two jobs. Like, you know, the week and then the weekend. That's how I went about uh, <laughs> my first year. Because uh, I didn't work at all. And then I just worked in the summer. Yeah. That three months. And I can tell you right now, like, I never left a job. In a bad note, like I was left good, or or, they, or I told them ah, I can't really do full time because, or they or they give me an ultimatum, hey man, like I can only hire you full time. I'm sorry, I can't because I go to school. Yeah. So, because I knew like, you know, it, it's so easy for a lot of people that like, you making good money, you know, you you get paid, and money fucking feels good in your hand when you have it. Yeah. And you get to that like, you know what? Maybe I should just like, take a break, and that's when you start fucking up. You know, when you're like, oh shit. A break turns into a year, year into a year and a half, two years, and then you got. I knew a lot of those. You got those stories where people were like, "Bro, I stopped going to school for three years, and now I'm like, yeah, like I feel like why, why do I gotta go back?" And I'm like, "Dude, you can always go back. Yeah, regardless, you can always go back." But for me, it was like, I did a lot of jobs, dude. I even did janitorial for a while. Like mm-hmm. that for me made me realize to value like everything in general yeah to where um i would feel like like a piece of shit going to like a, a fucking giants game and dropping like peanuts or something the phone. i was like bro somebody's gonna clean that yeah you know what i mean like i did the, that type of job uh, one time i think it was at a at a swim school mm. it was in campbell mm. but i went from like swim instructor to lifeguard to doing like pool mechanic like maintenance type stuff mm-hmm. but then I was just kind of like alright like you know like I I love like moving parts you know I love working with my hands yeah so like pool mechanic seems cool and like I like I like learn everything and then uh, you only get to the fun part when shit is like broken down 
you know, like when something breaks, yeah. that's when you actually gotta fix it. Yeah. But for the majority of the time, like I'm over here like scrubbing, like shower head. Oh shit. And you know, like oh, clean up shit. clean up trash. There's like rust and like lime deposit like on the glass, like everywhere. Ugh. And it really it it's it's janitorial work. Right? Like yeah. I, I had to like clean up after like grown ass adult. That's not just customer, but people who works there too. Like I had to clean up the office, and I'm just like, why? Why am I doing this? I think the worst case is working in a public area, uh, like a YMCA, something like public like that, mm. and and having to go in the restroom because I don't understand. Like old people don't give a fuck, dude. Old people yeah. don't care. They will fucking walk around naked. They don't give a fuck. You're young, yeah. old, whatever. They don't give a fuck, and. I remember the first time I, I, I uh, my friend was actually a lifeguard, and he said, "Dude, like the stories I can tell you, like people feeling uncomfortable coming up to me, like, can you, why? Can you tell that old guy to like put a towel? I'm like, I can't, it's in the restroom. He's inside. Like, it, yeah, it, I can't tell him that. Like, hey, sir, please put something on because you know the other gentleman next to you feels uncomfortable by seeing your dick. You know, yeah. even though he has a dick, <laughs> he just." You know, yeah. I'm like, I can't tell him shit. I'm like, dude, I'll. And I experienced it, so I was like, shit. I used to go to once yet, so for me, it was like, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. See, a fucking old dude, like, yeah, I'm gonna be like that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, for us, it was like a, it was, it's a private swim school, and like, dude, I felt so like useless, and I felt like I was wasting my time because at some point, I was a lifeguard at a swim school. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's like <laughs> no one would ever be by themselves in the pool ever because all the people there were there to learn how to swim. So it's right. like you were with the instructor, yeah, you're with the instructor all the time. Why, Why? <laughs> you just have this lifeguard just stand they there, they can help you just out, fucking like, sit there, and just like, uh, all right, like it's only been 20 minutes, I've like check. five right. hours, but it was like easiest fucking check you, you, you could make, right. It's like easy as money. Yeah, also the most boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that uh, after that job that I went into retail and then after that it was like bartending. So for bars, let's jump into that. So Yeah. When they give you that chance, did you start working at Five Points right away or did you start somewhere else? Or you start bartending? Oh no, I started bartending. Oh well, I started working in a bar business in when I was twenty so everybody starts as a as a bar back, right? You, yeah, you, well, it depends. Too. Depends on, like, the, on the business? Like, when I started, I got lucky to... Uh, I was working at Mortar and Pestle, mm-hmm. which is like a... It was like a contracted bar. So, like, that's a company called Bitter Cube, right? They make bitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make bitters and liqueurs and cordials and all that stuff. And then uh, they would help like other people like opening up a bar like they would help structure it right but then to catch it you have to use their product so Mortar and Pestle is kind of like one of one of their bars mm-hmm. where it was connected to uh, this place called Curry Up Now it's like an Indian kind of like fast casual food yeah that happened to have a full bar and then I started as a as a bar bag uh, slash busser slash food runner slash every other See, fucking all the fucking position. jobs that place yeah like I would show up to work one day thinking I'm gonna be behind a bar and they just stick me all over the floor like all day long and that's when I learned that I was such a shit server because I just don't have the patience for it shit yeah I mean like 
I I just want to move on. You know what I mean? Like I I would just like I, I'm not gonna stand here and like pretend to enjoy this conversation. Cause you don't give a fuck. You know. All you gotta do is like give me your drink and then go your food. I just go like I'll be nice about it. You know what I mean? Like I'll make them feel comfortable. Like I I make them feel welcome. But like I hated being a server. The way I see it, and I always gonna see it that way because when I was working retail, is that if it's just part of the job. It's, it's a greed. Like, yeah. how you doing? How's your night? Well, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what do you like to drink? And get your drink done. And you get your drinks right away. And having a conversation. Not to anything. But I can... I definitely understand the waiters and the waitresses. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. So, for me, it's like... I understand. Like, yeah. You just want to get my order. Keep going. You know, and keep serving more. Because at the end of the day, like... You know, the more people sit, the more tips you get. Yeah. You know, the the, the better your your night is for you. Yeah. And that, I always saw it that way, but these people don't don't they think Karen's in general like it's like. Yeah, but that, that's how yeah, I, that's how like, I got my start. Yeah. It was there. I I did it for six months, and then uh, one of the guys leaving. But then like my goal the whole time was to Barton. Right, like, mm-hmm. I, like here's the thing about like when I take a job, like I, I don't take a job just so that I can work. You know, I, mean? I always find path of uh, progression. So I'm just like, all right, like if I wanted a bartender, this is where I start. Then it is what it is. Yeah, you know, like take the entry level position and then work your way up. And then uh, that one I did is like six months in, and then uh, the goal was always was to get to bartend one day. So I would study. I would study the bar. Like I would study for school. And uh, I was still in school at this time, so I was go I, w- I was going to school from like what 7:30 to 2:45 was my last class, and then I would go to work from like four to midnight, and then in between you know last class and work I would like do homework and study whatever. Right. And sometime like I would do studying after work, so mm-hmm. like I won't go to bed till like two, and then. Five hours of sleep, seven thirty a.m. Next class. It's fucking ridiculous. Right yeah, now. it's like every day for like let's see, like I was twenty one and graduated at twenty four, twenty three, like three years of just five hours of sleep, just go go go. Fuck. Yeah, that's... just autopilot. But yeah, that's how I got <clears> my start. I did it for six months. Uh, one of the guy that was bartending at a time, he was leaving, and then. Uh, it just happened to be like everyone was leaving but then they asked me like hey like you know like do you know your shit and I'm just like yeah I've been studying and then like they kind of just quiz me and test me a little bit right. and it was like alright uh, you gotta get to bartend now you know like six months into it and then uh, I was bartending there for a year so I stayed at Mortar and Pestle for a year and a half and I was kind of just got like sick of it like I you, I didn't really get it when people say that they outgrow their work environment but that job was like so you agree you agree that place like, yeah you, I, you, like, you. I'm just like oh shit like this is what people meant when they said like they've outgrown their working environment like, yeah I would just I get to the point where like I can do this shit with my eyes closed you know like I right. just I just get pretty good at it and then uh, I just need that next that next step like I said like I would go into a job looking for progression mm. and next step was to like become like a manager right like you like or, like, or, like a senior bartender or something so like I did that for another six months so I ended up staying at Warner and Pestle for two years and then yeah. I'm just like 
alright, like, I'm kind of bored of it now, like, here, and then, you know, like, I was kind of, like, sick of the job did at they, the time. Like, they, I, I wasn't get... keep you? Like, when you told them, oh, I gotta go, did they try to keep you? To yeah, there? like, they were trying to pay me more, and, like, all that, you know, like, when people were trying to convince you, and then, like, your bosses are always gonna think that, like, money solves everything, like, oh, if I pay you more, you'll do it. say it. Like, sometimes it works, sometimes... Yeah. Most of the time it does Maybe, maybe because Maybe like you want to stay But like you know I just want a little more money So you kind of just like I'm gonna tell them That I'm gonna leave Yeah but it wasn't About the money for me Like I was just like I didn't really get sick Of the job I just get sick Of that work environment You know like At the time like My coworker was like It got to the point Where like it was Kind of getting weird Where like oh, what, what You know weird? like uh, It's almost like They were being like Kind of fakeish, Like about it ah, You know what I mean It was like, like a fake it just like that, that true color finally showed, and then I uh, like figured it out out quick. You, 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 you want to share? How's that? How's that? Uh, this one chick just threw me under the bus. You know, like she asked me to go do something that it was above my pay grade, and it was her job. And then uh, I went and did it. I kind of butchered it and kind of fucked that up. And then uh, instead of just be like, oh shit, like. Like, my bad. Like, I should have done that myself. Like, you know, I shouldn't have sent you there. Mm-hmm. She just threw me under the bus, and she was like, oh, like, you fucked up. And I'm just like, uh... Bitch? This was your thing. Like, you were yeah. supposed to do this. Yeah. You know, like, but you didn't feel comfortable enough to do it, so you sent me there to do your dirty work, but now it's backfired instead of taking the blame for or Instead of, like, instead of, like, not taking the blame, but instead of just, like, owning it up for the both of us... You just threw me under the bus, and then you took the easy way out. Like, you took the first exit on the freeway. It's like... Fuck. Like, bro, like, and then, like... I'm not gonna work with someone, like, like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, I started, like, seeking out, like, other bars, and then, uh... This is where I, I first met, like, my my first, like, bar mentor. Uh, it was uh, Drew Johnson. I didn't like him at first... Because uh, I had applied to this place in Santana Row. It was Roos and Rye at the mm-hmm. time. And then uh, he hired me, but didn't. What you do know, you mean? Like, like, he... like I, I went in and I, you know, like, signed all the paperwork, get, like, employer IDs or whatever. But he was, he never put me on the schedule. So you're never in the system. Yeah, so I was never really in the system. And then, like, I kept, like, reaching out to him. And it was like, bro, like, so what's up? He never replied, and then uh, that's how I started Morning Pesto, because this one bar, like, never scheduled me. Mm-hmm. Two years later, uh talked to one of my friends that were working at Paper Plane, and he was like, hey, like, my buddy Drew is opening up a bar in uh, in Campbell. It's going to be, like, next to a theater. Like, you should just, you know, reach out to him. And I was like, wait, is this, like, the same, you know, Drew Johnson? And then... Uh, I was like, uh, he kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth, so I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. And then um, I got so sick of Mortar and Pestles, I'm just like, shit, I'm gonna do it. Like, yeah. you know, like I I did this once, that I can do it again. Yeah. I like reached out to him, and then uh, it was probably like one of the one of my best decisions to like did that because like I we we opened up Cedar Room in Campbell. And, like, I, I grew a lot. 
you know, like, I was the youngest guy on the team, but I was in, like, a, like, managing position. Like, I was there, like, lead bartender. And then, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to make it there because, you know, and that's where I get to work with Jewel. And then there was a day where, like, all of us kind of just showed up. And since it's a bar next to a theater, right? Yeah. It's like a full craft cocktail bar next to a theater. And uh, they all just sat us down in the theater. And then everyone just kind of, like, introduced themselves, like, one by one. And then I, everyone that went before me was just like, oh, I've been doing this for, like, 15, 20 years. Fuck. And, you know, like, Jewel, the, the one that worked at O'Flat? Yeah. She's been doing this shit for, like... 20, 30 years probably. Whoa. You know, and then like... Yeah, it's crazy. And then you get me. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've only been doing this for two years. And then... uh Everybody but was I, like, fuck this dude. That's good. <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously. Because yeah. like, I was doing this for two years, but then uh, they asked me to be... Uh, well, Drew asked me to be the lead bartender like the second day. Even, even more fucking... They probably would hate... Like, yeah, because the guy that was doing it before me, like, I I guess uh, he was leaving, and then they needed to find a replacement, but then I was one of the few that are full-time there. And then, uh, like, I was just like, dude, like, no one's gonna listen to me, you know what I mean? And then, like, my, my first lesson was just like, you need to command the respect from your, your co-worker. Yeah. Like, one way or all the other, you know, because if you don't, they're gonna walk all over you, and especially coming from a young guy like you. There's you know, always a there's always a fine line, or or how much you can interact in the not necessarily probably the personal level, yeah, to the professional level, and yeah, everybody and then, like, holding like, accountable to what they're supposed to be doing. And I, I felt like I wasn't gonna get that respect from the team because I'm the youngest guy there, not by age, but like by experience. Yeah, you know, and then, uh, I don't know, man. Like somehow it just worked out. Like how long were you there? I was there for two years. Okay. And then you know, like we won like uh, best new bar in Silicon Valley. Like a bunch of us were winning like individual competitions. And then, uh, long story short, it didn't work out. Like the owner wanted to go the different direction, mm. and then uh, they were saying that like uh, our labor was too high, and then uh, uh, poor cause was like too high. But then they wanted to market themselves as like a a luxury like dining drinking and movie experience so you know then I was just kind of like what do you mean like the forecast was too high like everything was right around 18% which is industry standard for yeah. the, the type of this the type of bar it is and like cocktail were 12 bucks which is on the low end of thing but you know uh, soon realized that they, ju- they just didn't like us. Like, we were too, like, independent as a bar team. Like, and ev- everyone, like, kind of worked together, and every- and everyone felt like they are not working for the owner, but they're working for Drew. Because he, oh, he okay. was, like, the, the glue that hold everything together. Yeah. Right? And then uh, we we went to work every day, thinking, like, all right, like, dude... Do do your job in a way where Drew would be proud of us, not what the owner would feel. Like we 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 didn't look past the fact that like they're watching, you know. Like and then uh, it blew up in our faces, 
uh, everyone left, and then uh, I went to a paper plane for two years, and that was that was rough. Uh, it was twelve months of training with no tip, just you know your minimum wage, and uh, paper planes is probably like one of the highest paid bar in San Jose. Really? Huh? Yeah, dude, I, I was, think it's one of the bars in San Pedro, but not not paper planes. No, nah, dude, I was making dumb amount of money, like. When my training was over and I actually like be on shift when I'm actually getting tipped out, mm-hmm. dude, like it was ridiculous. I think I only be there once at that bar. I think, like, I will, like, my shift was four thirty to eight thirty. No, not not four. Like, I would go in at two forty five. The bars open from four thirty, and then my shift end at eight thirty. So that four hours of bartending, I didn't really. It didn't really get busy until maybe like. 6.45, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I was really in the weeds for like maybe an hour and a half to two hours. And then like the end of my shift, they handed me like three, four hundred bucks. So like I'm averaging like a hundred an hour. Shit. And that's the low end of things. Like you can go as high as like making five, six, seven hundred dollars in like four hours of work. Stupid amount of money. Yeah, it was stupid money. Like, and I'm just like, oh, like this is why, you know no one ever left this place just cause yeah, the money was so good and then like you get the clout from like working at Paper Plane you know what I mean like it's like the industry standard for god knows how long and then, how like, does that work cause I know for sure like if you once you start working at a bar in downtown like in general just a bar there like they're one of the few that uh very very rigid like they never hired a bartender I was the only person they they hired in to bartend right out besides you know when they first opened yeah like they hired a few other bartenders but this is like that beginning stage where like alright like we need some solid ass people and then like six years later they like kinda established themselves to be like you know the industry standard and uh their rule was at least two years of just bar backing and then maybe you get to bartend and then sure. uh, so you gotta be I mean if you're trying to get in that now it's, it's you gotta be really fucking patient to yeah do. you gotta be first you gotta be really good to uh, to even think about bartending there like, even to like I think up. multitask cause you're like a bunch of recipes in your head and you gotta make yeah. all these drinks not only that you gotta learn the menu you gotta know how to make these drinks you gotta be able to figure it out where you're at and your orders and then you know, and do them like in a really well matter of time. Yeah. To make the drinks, did, did they ever time you to see how fast you were making your drinks? Yeah, yeah. like you kind of just need to know that. You know, like it's they're never really just stand there with like a stopwatch. You know, what I, mean? I was gonna but ask then, cause, uh, stupid question. I mean, but you but then know, uh, right? it it was kind of like there's four wells, right? There's four bartender working. You only assign maybe eight people that's in front of you, mm-hmm. and then the next person will take the next eight, and then the next person will take the next eight, and the next person will take the next eight. So, like, at one time, there can be 30 to 40 people at the bar top, and then four people are assigned to service those sections. Yeah. And then it was eight, eight people in front of me, three deep, so there were three people behind them so in the next 10 minutes I need to service 34 people and then each one of those can order one drink or they can order five drinks 
So it really up to me to manage those rounds. Fuck. Right, dude. like so like it was never like, oh hey, what can I get you? And then you take the order and then make it. It was always just like, what can I get you? What can I get you? What can I get you? Like you talk to yeah, eight yeah. different people and then like well not necessarily eight, but like you talk to as many people as you could in one round and you're trying to cram everything in. So like uh a drink standard is a minute and a half. And this is like I'm talking like fully crafted cocktail, you know, like five, six ingredients a drink. Mm. And like my round could be like six of those plus a few vodka soda, a few Moscow meal, a few of these on the side. Right. So like a round could be anything from one to ten drinks. And it just like that for four hours. It was Fuck. the most stressful job I ever had. Damn. But it was that's why it's been paid so well because like no matter what day of the week it is, you're always busy. Monday night, 250 people in the house. And, and the crowd, I think, if, if you're a good, successful bar, like, the crowd will come regardless if it's, like, a, yeah. a fucking Tuesday or a Wednesday mm-hmm. at night. People will show up to it. And, like, this is the bar that, like, has no promotion whatsoever. You know, like, at 5 p.m. we have DJs, you know, like, yeah, 55 yeah. South, they have that live band on Sunday. Right. And, like, we did none of those. It was, every day was the same thing, seven days a week. The location of it, it's like very discreet. Like yeah, you, you can almost miss the bar, like if you don't really pay attention to it. Yeah, like I mean, you we know? we were lucky to have this big ass window so you can actually look inside. But half the time, this, the blind is up. I I stumbled into it because I remember back in the day I was on a date and I I was like I this is this is how stupid how I was trying to like impress this girl back in the day like. I decided to go to downtown the day before, just walk around. Yeah. And I started walking around. I'm like, there's nothing here. That was like 55 South, around that area. I was like, maybe there or whatever. And then I saw Paper Plains. I was like, well, this place is like, I've never been here. I went inside, pretty easy menu, nothing complicated. I was like, it's a pretty good spot. And then I even asked one of them, like, if people bring dates all the, all the time. She's like, all the time. Yeah. There's dates here all the time. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is pretty good spot to be in. oh yeah 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 so we could definitely do that so mate and now now that we work where we're at right now mm-hmm. you can see who's on a date and who's not like, yeah it's so easy to tell and now it's gonna look like a fucking tinder date or a whatever fucking dating yeah. app tinder days is my you, favorite you can tell <laughs> because usually the the guy will show up first yeah that's always always it the guy shows up and the girl and then you know if it's gonna work out if they live together if they leave the bar together or yeah you know they go on their own but that yeah you can easily miss the bar like paper plans like definitely but you're right I never seen any promotion now you think about it ever no promotion whatsoever like the bar just kind of speak for itself you know what I mean like the drink program's really good like the year that uh, that I was there we won uh, I think we won best American bar team oh shit nice yeah and then uh I caught kind of like the tail end of it, but then like the bar itself like win a bunch of fucking awards. Like, uh, it one of the biggest in downtown or like capacity of like two hundred and fifty people. So like it's it's one of the bigger ones. Like we have at least four hundred bottle on display, like in the back bar. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that that that's, that's the reason why we have this big ass ladder. Yeah, that's why I see that it's all the way to the fucking roof, all the way to the, the ceiling. Fucking, yeah, yeah, and it fell with just bottles and then like 
it gets so bad where like we start putting it up on the very top that isn't even a shelf like it was the top of the shelf and then like we it just had so much to where like we can't even display all of our inventory like it was at least 400 bottle and then uh you know like it was really intimidating at first but then you get around to get to learn you, you have to know exactly where every bottle is, right? At some yeah. point, like, but not. I mean, like, it, it's sectioned off in a way that yeah. you don't have to memorize exactly where the bottle are, but like, if you at least know what kind of booze it is, you right. can just go to that section and you can look for it. But then, like, you you eventually get to learn like six hundred different products. Fuck, dude. And then uh, you just need to. I think know part it. of it too. It's like when because sometimes most of the time, even now that you're like, you're watching, like people ask you like, what is the best like. You know, whiskey recommend or like? Uh, I would say, say like the the best you, whiskey. Like a connoisseur, you're like oh, maybe I can recommend you this or that to drink or. Uh, I would say like the best whiskey is the one you enjoy drinking, and however it is you drink it, you know that's that that's your best whiskey. There's right? people like that get really into it. Yeah, like, there's people you know that get mean? really into it, and then uh, that's the thing about whiskey. It's just kind of like people. Most people think money equal value, right? But it's not always like that. Like there are bottles that are forty or fifty dollars that uh, taste just as good as the one that's cost like thousand. Yeah, like the one that's like, know, like eight eight thousand dollars. That's like and then like people are always chasing those clout bottles. You know, like the Pappies, like the Pappies, the E.S. Taylor. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Trace Antique, like yeah. the William Larue Weller, the Sazerac eighteen, like the Eagle Rare. Uh, it was 17, Igor 18, like one of those ones. I always switch them up. Like Thomas H. Handy, you know, like those things that just like allocated bottle that you get maybe like one or two a year. And then like people are always chasing those things and just be like, oh, like this is like the best whiskey ever. And it's like, yeah, it's good, but are you going to pay a retail price? Like, idiot. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. like a, a bottle of William LaRue is $2,000. Why would I? You know, and then you go to the bar and you pay thirty eight bucks a pour for it. And how much is it? Like how much is a pour? Like barely anything. Thirty eight dollars, uh, an ounce and a half. That's thirty eight bucks. And then like, I always tell people like it's good to know what those are, but there should it shouldn't be like those bottle shouldn't be the the thing that you chase after when you're drinking whiskey, right? You should. You chase after the one that you enjoy the most, that is accessible, and then you can enjoy it with your friends. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to tell people and go, oh, yeah, like, you should buy a George T. Stack and drop 1200 for it. Yeah. Where, you know, like, an old Ezra 7-year, they barrel-proof will do you the, the same, will give you a similar experience for a fraction of a price. Well, it's going to cost you, yeah. You know, like... Like, I, I always tell people, like, dude, like, you, you drink whatever it is you enjoy drinking, however it is you enjoy drinking it. And and that's, like, me, like, growing up a lot in the industry, you know, because, like, in the beginning, I'm just, like, I like I was super judgy, you know, like, I was like, oh, I work, I, I, I work, I work so at how a- do you, like, because, you know, when, when, you can tell when, one, you can how tell when somebody's, like, barely going to, like, barely 21, going to the drinks, right? Yeah. You can tell by the, the drink they order. Yeah. You can you can tell a lot by uh, people drinks order, but then like I I learned to be at a spot where like all right like it's it's a privilege to work in the in this line of work because I work at like a, a regular job before like I was, I was an engineer I work mm-hmm. in finance and then 
nothing of those are give me the same value as being behind a bar. Like, you, you get to see many people, you get to see like many types of people. Sometimes you get then, to um, like get to know people on the personal level when, yeah. they, when they tell you their story, you're like, oh shit, like that's crazy interesting. Yeah, you and know? then like those are the ones that like make the job like tolerable. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, like, like sometimes, like when you work at a very busy bar, it almost feels like everything is autopiloting, you know, like everything is the same. And just then, getting it done quick. Yeah, just getting it done quick. Fast. But then, like, that's why I, I love working slower day, just because like, I can, you know, like take a little bit more time, like have yeah. a conversation. Like this and that, but you can you can definitely tell like uh, how people are based on like the drink that. So when order. when did your uh, five points journey started? As soon as well, I, I started five points in my first shift at five point was February during quarantine. Yeah, because uh, I've I've heard about uh, Tiki, the new uh, the new Tiki bar, and then uh, I wanted to be a part of it, and then uh, I was brought onto the team to do Tiki. Pretty much uh, creating a program, creating a drink, and then like running a program there. But in the meantime, that the bar is being built, like they just needed me to pick up shift at five point, and it's, it was like once a week turned into three days a week, turned into like five days a week, <laughs> and it was six days a week. And, and I'm just there, like I, I have. I have a, a lot of I have a lot of fun like at five point. Like, yeah, I, I, I can like tell you there. for experience. I talking to you know Jake, you know one of the you know, what is it like the he you say he's a general manager there. Yeah, he's a yeah. He uh, he was telling me this dude loves working there at the bar. Like he's always he's always there. Like, he <laughs> loves working there. Like um, yeah, I but, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but but they I wasn't have unique drinks there too. Like yeah. they, they was experimenting too, right? Like mm-hmm. I know they're, I know it's like a creative. It's getting craftier it. now than yeah. like Dennis has ever been. Mm-hmm. Like I, I will say like this is five points at its finest, like okay. right now. Like and the bar has been open since 2016. Like not knocking on the people who started it, but seeing like the bar like seeing it evolve over time like it it went through its downturn it's like five years on the bar yeah and then, dude like there was some time where I'm just like oh like I would never go to five point because it wasn't that good you know like it, but it was poor managing I, I think also the fact that it's kind of like on the on the outs of San Pedro like yeah. it's not really like in inside like you know for example like on Fridays is like right you, you, you gotta pass on Fridays to go down yeah to you know market five points you can miss it yeah you know you and like back then it uh, didn't even have sign shit yeah and it has no sign like no nothing like uh, I like the they used to not have TV in there you know but then like so it's more like a local type of bar yeah it's almost like, like locals only like really like a true like speakeasy like you can easily yeah. miss it you know like I, I like think Cinnabar that was, I, that yeah was, I think half the time the door was closed like you actually have to like open the open door, the door and then like go in and then how would you feel just to walk down the street and open some random ass door? I, I think for me, you knowing knowing me like since I, I've been drinking even before I was twenty one, I can put it out there in the fucking world. Like I've been drinking since I was like seventeen. Like yeah, like everybody else does. For me, it's like if I go to a bar, you can one you can really tell when it's a local bar, when it's a local people because they're always there and they know like the fucking what like. Talk about 
you know, to the bar tonight. Like, hey, so how was your week? Oh, it's been good. Yeah. Char- Charles. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, they're like, you, you know them. But like, okay, this is local. You get there, you get stared at right away. They're like, okay, yeah. Like, this is not a local, like, this is not like a regular, bro. Everybody just has a lot of traffic. But yeah, when you go and the doors close, do you, yeah, you feel kind of like that. Like, should I even be here? Should I not even be here? Yeah. Then having a place where it's open, you know, where people can just look in and like, okay, see the vibe or whatever, you can come inside. Yeah, man, like, this bar, I've gone through so many changes. Like, I think before Jake took the reign there, there were like four or five different GM before him. And they all have their, their spin on it. You know, I think like this is like, this is five point at, at its best right now. Like the whole like, you know, like fucking Rolando's like brilliance behind the bar. You know, like he, I think like it really take the upswing when uh, the whole Jack Rose team took over. Mm-hmm. Like that's when like shit get really fucking crafty. You know, like that's when it's like, you know, things are, uh, drinks are, like, really well thought out, and then, like, you know, using good ingredients, like, doing, like, seasonal menus and all that. I think that that's what makes it fresh, because I, I know I was talking to him, and he was sharing about, you know, the, the new menu coming up for the, for, for Yeah, and for, just, like, the fact that they're constantly rotating that menu just to keep things interesting. So you keep like, the that, same thing. I mean, like, they're not the first to do it, right. but it's definitely helped with you know, like, well, especially with us, too, like, working at the bar, like, you know, I work there, like, five nights a week, sometimes I just get tired of making these drinks over and over and over. Right. So, like, you know, like, you changing up the menu, it it keep the guests, like, fresh, and also keep us on our toes. True. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, you're right. I mean, like, that's why I like working on a slow day, because how, I can suggest things that are not on the menu. Yeah, how, uh, how after all this, I mean, you work hell, and now you'll fucking work hell. How the fuck do you find have time to like hang out with friends? Maybe have like a sentimental life. Well, all that shit. make it easy. Is I live with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. So that's that. And then like you know I mean, like we both work together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Like I, my closest friend is. My How's that work, dude? Because I, I will be like working and then you know together. It's kind of like you know space wise. Yes. I mean, uh, at first it was kind of just like, all right, like maybe it's not a good idea to be like live together and then work together. Yeah. But we're both like mature enough to just kind of like separating mm-hmm. that work life balance. And then, uh, like, they know that we're dating and that we're living together. So, like, they at least try to give us our day in the week off together. Like, That's, today. Not like, a lot of people can do that shit. A lot of people can say hey like or managers can be like hey you know just be considerable and then give them that yeah like but then like i you know like i i made it known to from the get-go and like we when when me and uh anna started uh dating like i we just kind of sat down and just talked about our expectations who asked you? did she ask you did you ask her uh, i think it was mutual <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, I, well, it just kind of happened. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, and then uh, we, we sat down and we talked about, like, you know, like I've had, like, a few relationships, like, before, and, right. then, like, this is what I'm doing, and uh, this is what I wanted. She told me what she wanted, and then, like, 
we found Mita Brown, and then we just kind of ran it from there. That's good. You know, like, it, I made it clear from the beginning that, like, I, I'm going to be working a lot, and that's just one of the things that, you know. Because, yeah, because I know one of the, having a relationship is kind of like having time for each other. That's like, yeah. Because regardless, you got to compromise in your side, and, you know, your partner's compromise on her side. Yeah. To, to hang out together. Yeah, we get that shit out of the way quick. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking, that's fucking smart, man. But, and then it got to the point where, like, we live together, and then, like, we work together, but we don't mix that, like, we have that, like, perfect work-life balance. You oh, know? yeah. So, like, and I'm sure, like, your coworkers know about it, so everybody's like... Yeah, like, everybody know. knows. And then, uh... You guys work pretty good together, honestly. Me, you know, being from the outside, not being really, like, you know, like, a partner or anything like that, so the way I see you guys work, it's very unique from all the you know places I've been at or I've worked at yeah um, and like we did that pretty well like well we both know that like when it's work it's work you know like relationship and personal things aside like when you're at work we're working you know like this is where you make your money so yeah definitely if, if your next eight hours if the goal for the next eight hours is to make as much money as possible you gotta put everything shit aside bills, and, bro. I mean, you know shit. like you have yeah, like what you gotta do like, there'd be some day where, like, we were, like, yelling at each other the night before, and we show up to work and, like, smile on our faces, you Fuck. know, and then, like, we, like, deal Switch with it. Switch right away. Yeah. yeah, like, deal with that shit later, just Fuck. compartmentalize, just, you know, like, put your brain in, just, just have these, like, Rolodex of just, like, all right, I'm working now. Did I you, mean, like, did you, uh, did you ever, like, now, like, just to almost finish the podcast now, because it's, 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 uh, what are, like, your do's and don'ts? As a bartender, for you, like when people come, like don't um, do this, like and I'll fuck or like you know, <laughs> you know the stories is like if you that I'll ignore the shitter of you and I'll I'll get to you when I get to you, you know, because yeah. you're being an asshole, you're being rude, or like why are you like okay, this is it depends. Uh, I will say it depends. Uh, on a slower day, uh, I say like, I mean like especially like for me, like I I work pretty fast, and uh, I always trying to. Acknowledge everyone. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like the, the do is done like from from us, like from the bartender perspective. Like I feel like the thing they should do every time is to at least acknowledge every single person that walk through a door. Right. Uh, even though you can't get to them, like let's say if you're busy, you in your round or like you in the middle of something, at least like acknowledge them when they walk in. You know what I mean? Because like it it's kind of feeling shitty if you walk into someone's house and then they kind of just open the door and then go do whatever and yeah. they kind of just leave you hanging right like you wouldn't do that at your own home no, so like why no. would you do it at work so like I always say it as like hey man let me ride with you or like you know like and then if I'm between round and then people are looking at me they're ready to order I always just look at them and just be like alright let me finish this one and I'll get to you after mm-hmm. you know like and then uh, you know talking to like multiple people Right, like it's, I'm helping five, six people all the time. Right. So if I'm at full capacity, I always look to the next guest and just be like, "I'll get you after." So that's like the thing that you should be doing, like from from the bar- bartender perspective. Like you should like, always acknowledge everyone, give everyone at least a water. If you can't get to them right away, you're like, hey, like, tell your coworker or your barback, like, hey, can you get this guy some water? Yeah. Uh, from the customer perspective, like, the thing that you should do is that you should at least look at the menu. 
Before you even order, right? Before you even, like, order. You, you might go in and you're like, all right, I really want, like, a daiquiri. You know? Like, I know you drink yeah. whiskey sour all the time. I love whiskey sour. You know, like, you always drink scrimshaw and, like... You already know. Like, but, like, yeah, like, sometimes, like, people kind of have their go-to. But I will say, like, whenever you go to somewhere new, like, always look at the menu. Like, the drink that you want, any you can always have that anywhere. As If it's, like, a classic, you know, like, if it's, you know, not something that... Are unique to that bar, you can yeah. always have it at like, any like bar. Jack like Jack and Coke, you yeah. Can have it, it, any anyone, bar. anyone can always make you a Jack and Coke. Anyone can always you make you a whiskey sour. You know, like not or, really. I mean, I, I'm telling you, non. I'm somebody who loves to drink that, and I'll go into bar. And make sure. It's well, it also depends what kind of bar. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. So, right, like if like, you go to like yeah. somewhat of like a crafty bar. They should be able to make you a good one. Yeah, a good one. You know, but I, I say, like, uh, the first thing you do is just, like, be nice to everyone. Like, be kind. You know, like, even though yeah. they, they seem dickish, just kind of, like, it's, like, always be nice. They like, just don't be... I think it's part of being, like, in the whole... I mean, it's take a customer service, of course, but... Yeah. I think, like, you don't want to people to have that negative experience, regardless of them being dicks to you. Yeah. Um... Me even being from the security side perspective of it, even you know, it's like a gig for me. But for me, it's always like nobody wants to be embarrassed in public. Yeah. Ever like you don't even want to be embarrassed in public. So that you, if you can do, you know, deter the whole, you know, argument with somebody because they're being too drunk, you gotta move them out of the out of the bar. Yeah. You always want to talk to them first, like how's your night going? You know, just like, keep it on the personal level. Yeah. And then they see like you're not being an asshole. You just be like, hey, man, you're not being banned. You're just like, hey, just come back tomorrow when you're sober yeah. or whatever. Same thing with, you know, your perspective is like, you want to make sure, even though they're being dicks, like, you don't seem like a dick. Because why do they pass by? Like, the fuck, a bartender, blah, 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 or the works there. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know? And that negative experience is going to go with somebody else. Or when they, they recommend, hey, man, what better recommend? Go here, but don't go there because it's a fucking bartender. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so, like, uh, it. Like, I don't know, like, I think bartending is bigger than than any one of us, you know what I mean? Like, this job has been around for a century, you know what I mean? Like, this job is gonna be here, this job has been here before me, it's gonna be here after me. So, yeah. I'm just gonna take it as if, like... You're gonna ride the wave. Yeah, and I'm much. just, I, like, I'm not bigger than, than this industry, you know, like, I'm not, like, when people come in and ask, like, some, you know, like... I don't know, like, people use, like, craft bartender used to, like, kind of, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, all of us, but I definitely have seen some and experienced some where, like, you know, sometimes I just want to drink a gin and tonic, and sometimes, like, when I order, like, a Hendrix and tonic or whatever, they kind of just look at me in, in, like, a very judgy way, because it was a craft cocktail bar, and I was just kind of, like, uh what's wrong with it you know what I mean like yeah. this drink's been around for, for fucking ever yeah like are your ego bigger than this like you know what I mean like the one thing I learned really quickly is just like take your ego out of it you know like just make every guest happier when they leave than when they walk even, in even your coworkers. yeah like, you're not bigger than the than the bouncer or the freaking the waitress yeah or the bar back like it's like you know, like, everyone is a part of a team, and everyone yeah. play their role, and then, like, you're now bigger than anybody else, like, especially, like, with, with this drink. Like, the other day, I had three people from Wisconsin, and they wanted a Wisconsin Old Fashioned, which is one of the drinks that, like, got looked down upon for forever, 
and I'm just like, hey man, like if you want it, I'll make it for you. You know, yeah. like you know, and they they were trying to like they were trying to order it without saying the name. And I'm just like, hey man, look, if you want a Wisconsin old fashioned, I'll make it for you. You yeah. know, like that's part of like the the growing up that some bartender needs to go through, you know, like to like not look down upon this drink that has been looked down upon for so but long. But I think the experience was like, oh shit, like he's She's willing to do it That's fucking dope Yeah like you almost Have to be willing To do anything Like I said Like you are not You are no bigger Than this in Than in This industry Like you know Like this yeah. drink Has been around Before you Is gonna be here Long after All of us are gone So like You know You gotta be able To make it With a straight face Like you might not Agree with What it is Yeah But you just gotta Be able to make Someone's day And then like Dude those three people Fucking love me yeah, just, I mean, just from the, making it for and, them, and they just like, oh, like this, this tastes like home. You know what I mean? With like a good experience, they yeah, like, and come back again. There was like no more. one to ever make this for me because they always just like kind of just get scoffed at, or like they will look look down on them, and then like they'll be made fun of, they'll be judged. And I was like, for what? It's like, like me asking for like an old fashioned, and they're like, what the fuck? Like old fashioned is this generation Cosmo. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like everybody drinks it. That's nothing fucking special. Yeah. But then uh, go back to like the do's and don'ts. I don't know. Uh, I think the don'ts also. I, I mean, dealing with drunk people is like nobody likes to do that. But I feel like you can't really get that upset unless they're being fucking rude and asshole. Yeah. But they're not really a hundred percent. No. So kinda like I'm not talking to like someone who's coherent on what I'm saying. Yeah, like you. you, know you I mean? What I've learned is like you know how people say like customer always right. Yeah. In in our line of work, it's not like customers are always wrong because they're drinking and we're sober. Yeah, at least our bar team we like a dry bar, so no one drinks behind the bar. Yeah, so like we're the sober one, and they're the one making they're the scene. So yeah. like they can say they're right all they want, but hey man, you're you're you half there sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. This is like your sixth shots now. Like you're clearly don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Some people can put down liquor, but at the same time, like oh fuck yeah, they can. But but some but for, but Have sometimes. Have you been surprised when you see somebody like oh shit, like this fool had like this much? Yeah, dude, we have that one regular that damn near drink a bottle a day, but at the end you go talk to him, he's fine. It's fucking insane. You know, like that's a problem. That's an alcoholic <laughs> right there. That's a fucking alcoholic right there. Then shit. I was like, damn, dude, like. I think the regulars they come in early and then they kind of just once to see the crowds are coming in they just leave. Yeah, they don't like the fucking crowd. They no, kinda, like, they the don't care days. for it. No, but that's fucking crazy. And of course the don'ts is like people are like, hey buddy, hey, hey, yeah, hey ne- buddy, ne- never hey, I'm here. Never shout at your bartender. Like never wave, never snap, never flirt. Uh, you can flirt, but like uh, I don't know. Like on a busier night, like I'm just not there for it. Plus, like, I always work the sober flow, so, like, I don't get to talk to anybody. But you can fly with your bartender, you know, like, it could backfire on you if you're kind of weird. I don't know. If you, I mean, like, I've seen it done, like, all the time, and then the intention was to flirt with your bartender so that they give you a free drink. I think as as a girl, it works because, you know, it's mostly, like, a lot of males on the, on, on the industry. It's definitely a male industry. if you're... I personally... This is my thing. Like, if I'm a guy and... Marcha, it was a girl, right? I'm sure this girl has heard all the fucking pickup lines, yeah. all the excuses, all the stupidest things like, oh, what drink do you recommend? Oh, what drink do you drink? Whatever. Like, yeah. You know, so for me, it's like, you know, unless she really thinks like, oh, this guy's like good looking, like I'm going to give him like a bone or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to do something, right? But for me, it's like, 
I, I think it's like very like I wouldn't do it. Personally, yeah. like, I wouldn't do it. Like I was like, why? It's like you know, it makes no sense. Do something like that. Yeah, that's like one of the quickest ways to embarrass yourself. Oh fuck yeah! You know, especially if you're with a friend and then there's like a hot girl bartender or something, and you're trying to hit on her. It's it's almost a hundred percent will never work out. The way I I tell people, I mean, my like my friends, like bro, this person probably already has like thick skin for sure. Yeah, working in this industry. And second, somebody that pretty, it's not single. Yeah. She might have, she's probably already like, you know. She probably put up a front just to entertain you. To, and part of it is like, know, part he, of the glory is like, you know, I'm not going to tell you because what's going to happen? Like, oh yeah, I'm dating somebody. Like, boom. All right. I'm that that chase is I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like it kills, kills the glory. But that's fucking crazy. Like, I, I got to know you on a personal level. I didn't, I didn't know anything about you, but now it's like shit. Like, it's crazy, dude. It's been fun. And, I know, and for me, it's like when I tell people what I do outside, they're like, "Oh shit!" Like I thought you were just a bouncer. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mean, like, everyone has their own journey. Yeah, everybody has like, their own journey. And like, plus, like I don't know, like people always like look down at server the industry. You know, like people always look down at server at bartender. It was like a dead end job, whatever. Like, dude, like when I was working at Pippa Plain, like everybody has, everyone there has a degree. Like, everybody has, like, college degree. Like, we just chose to work in this line of work because we can. Yeah, my friend has a fucking master's and that fool does HR for our yeah. company. It's like, you don't know where shit's going to take you uh, at, the, at the end. Like, and especially if you job, if, if you love your job or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what you do, you don't see it as, like, stressful or it's, like, yeah. work or whatever, you know? You actually like being there. And next thing you know, like, oh, shit, like... There's growth whatever industry you're at. Like, honestly, yeah. like, I'm sure you, you're not going to stop here. Most likely, you're probably going to... No, my next step is probably, like, open up my own spot. There you go. See? It's like, you're already thinking, and yeah. you're already working it. You're already seeing what's working, what's not, and you could go on your experience. What's cool about where I'm at right now is just, like, I get to do exactly what I wanted to do for myself mm-hmm. on someone else's money. That's the best fucking... You know what I mean? It's like... Because eventually, when I end up opening up my own spot, I'm going to have to do all of this thing that I've been doing for so long in, like, a deeper level. Especially, mm-hmm. like, the, the my my newest project, the Dr. Funk. Mm-hmm. It's, like, this new Tiki bar in San Jose. It's, like, I get to be there from, like, drink creation to, like, picking out bar rails and furniture and you know awesome, like, I, I get to do like every little thing that like I eventually would have to do myself on someone else's paycheck you know what I mean like and if it if so they're it, like here's the money uh make it look nice yeah or just figure it out and yeah, just like much. figure it out like you know log your hours like you nice. know I was working from home like I created this 20 cocktail menu uh well 20 drinks cocktail menu and then like you know, like that that process is very enjoyable, especially when you're doing it with like I, I'm doing it with Tyler Tyler Bond. He's like my best friend, and so then like I get to work with this fool, get to do like what we really wanted to do from the get go, and then like right. this is like a practice run before we get our own spot. And yeah, I mean, you guys get to work together on this, and you kind of like it's. You know, once you start doing your thing, it's gonna be your money. 
yeah in your time and, and, and like, all that and by by that well when that time comes that like, we we know the do's and don'ts on ends too like we know like what to look for what not to do even like, the area where you might be open like yeah study the area study the environment the people and see what's gonna be the crowd that is gonna attract you know business for you there it's all it's all a process for sure yeah it's fucking crazy dude I'm excited for this. Yeah, that's my next. I'm keep, so excited. I keep for hearing this. so many things about this place, and yeah, I'm excited for the for us to open the door for the first time. Hopefully, September first. It's almost there. It's almost time for that. Yeah, and like August is in like what four days? Yeah, so one more month, dude. A, a month is nothing. It's nothing, man. It's, and then like I I constantly like poke my head inside just to see how it is oh yeah cause it's boarded up you can't see shit inside it's like papered out and like it's boarded yeah, up I, I like poke my head inside I'm just like oh this is so sick nice yeah like like even before I got here like when we were at Cedar Room like our, our dreams for all of us were just running are you still gonna be going back to once it's full open are you still gonna be taking shifts to five points or are you just gonna no s- I'm gonna be fully transitioning out got uh, it okay eh but I mean I'm around a corner you be right there it's yeah. not even gonna be far away I told her like like Jake was like hella tripping out too I'm just like damn like gotta like do all this thing I'm just like bro like I'm around the corner I'm right there like if you, you if you need help like just let me know like yeah, I'm like, yeah. literally right here right there yeah I'm like 30 steps away it's not like you're a block away you know what I mean it's yeah right like there. it's not like I'm moving cities I'm literally right next door. That will be that will be a new start, but fuck, dude, that it's been it's been dope having you in the podcast, man. Yeah, it's been uh, fun. I really the, enjoyed it. How was the experience? You like it? It's great. It's like my first podcast. I really didn't know what was gonna happen. People gonna get to know you. People that you know you very well. They're like, oh shit, he almost died in a fire at a bar. <laughs> uh, he almost got shot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he worked at a, you know all these jobs. Most of probably. Some people might not even know some of them they yeah. work with or whatever but uh, social media where people can check you out you know, I honestly don't have any social media alright well maybe like I I really I have no social media presence whatsoever That's I have good. I have an Instagram where I just go there and watch story I think the last time I posted something was like three years ago fuck so you wanted those <laughs> that's good man no, yeah no, like no. I that's perfect uh, saves you a lot of uh, a lot of time yeah I, like I keep my uh my personal life is like really private. That's like, good. I'm, I'm not one of those that just like, oh, look what I'm eating. I was like, who give a shit? Like, who cares? I feel judged, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I use it for networking, obviously, because of the podcast. Yeah. So for me, it's like, it's part of it. But all right. So they can just check you out at Five Points, then whenever you're there. Yeah. Just come there say what's every up. day. <laughs> come say what's up to the boy Ken and check him out. And uh, yeah, just. Uh, come say hi to him. You know, he he will definitely take care of you. Show up and then be nice and tip t- tip him good. Look at the menu first. Yeah, look, <laughs> look at the menu first. I'm mean, even a pleasure. Thank you for being on the podcast. All right, guys. No well, problem. thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram as Killer Thoughts Podcast. All together, Killer Thoughts Podcast. Send us an email at uh, Killer Thoughts Mail at gmail.com and uh, yeah send us an email uh, stories anything uh, any other guest that you want to be on and I was going to ask you so call somebody out on the podcast that you would think would be a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, person to be on it just call him out on the right now be, will be a good person to have I say get Tyler in here Tyler Tyler Bond 
Talk I don't know if you met him yet. I don't know. Maybe I haven't. Uh, he works sometime at Five Points, but I can get you contact. He'll be a fun one. He Deathpool's a character. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, make sure you share this with him so he listens, listens to it. Yeah. And then be like, hey, you gotta be on the pod. Talk to Angel. Cool. Let's make it happen. All right, man. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care of yourselves. Have a good time, and uh, see you to the next podcast. Bye.